Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial, specifically for my listeners at www.gameflyoffer.com slash row. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is the World of Row Podcast. And now your host, standing at 6'4", 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. All right, folks, sit back, relax, and crank up your audio level to the highest decibel because you're about to get into the world of Roe Podcast. I am your host. My name is Roe, or you can call me Roel. I am a loving husband, a caring father, amazing father, amazing brother, amazing cousin, amazing sibling. But I am a podcaster as well. Now, this podcast is available to you every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. The best way that you can help out my podcast is by taking the time to rate it, review it, and of course, subscribe to it. Leave a five-star review. Tell your friends about it. You know, Take a text message. Make a phone call. Maybe send a letter in the mail. Send an email. Send, send a, a text message. Maybe do a Snapchat or whatever it is. I mean... If you could take the time to do that, I would greatly appreciate you uh, by spreading the love about my amazing podcast. And it goes without saying, as always, you know, I I would really appreciate all the love and support and the continued support that you've given. And thank you for listening to this show that drops to you every Friday. Okay, so this week, guys, well, I first off, I hope you had an amazing Father's Day, all you fathers out there, kids. I hope you had a good time with your parent, your father on Father's Day. I hope that it was amazing for you. I hope that you. Um, you uh, watched the game, game seven of the NBA Finals, right? How about that, man? That was an amazing game. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm really happy, you know, for the city of Cleveland. I'm happy for LeBron James to be able to win an NBA title. You know, to finally um, carry out his uh, his plan to win one for the city of Cleveland. That was amazing. Uh, you know, oh man, wow, so many. Uh, you you didn't think it would, you you just kind of like being a sports fan like I am you just never expected it to happen just because of all the all the you know the the winning you know the I mean the coming close and losing in the NBA finals and you know and uh, anyway but it was great it was great um something a little special for y'all this week or uh, for today actually today's monday right so day after fathers day june 20th i am actually doing something really really cool um, what I'm gonna do is, and if you hear me, you hear it. I'm I'm actually like walking around in my my home at the moment. But uh, <laughs> if uh, I'm I'm doing something really cool, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a little treat. I'm gonna give you guys a bonus episode. How about that? Right? That's kind of cool. A bonus episode. It's gonna feature, you know, it's it's something that I've been wanting to do, and I have the ability to do it. So today. On Monday, you're going to see a nice little upload of World of Row, and it's going to be episode 23. Yep. And this is going to feature an interview with uh, the guy behind the the intro to this show, with the voice, if you will. And it's Javi Perez. He's from Ken's 5. He's a digital producer. Ken's 5 is a local news outlet here in San Antonio. Um, I've been wanting to get him on for quite some time, and we were able to sync up today, uh, both free from our jobs. And uh, we talked for about oh, close to an hour. And you get to we get to talk a lot about um, you know his career, some of the things that he wanted to accomplish, and I wanted to hear that story. I worked with him for a while, and um, we never really talked about this other thing because you know with, with what he's doing with Ken's Five because we weren't really in that type of environment. So I wanted him to come in. We talked. We talked a little bit about that. We talked a lot about wrestling too. We both are wrestling fans, and. Uh, talk a little bit of sports because he is a a sports junkie like I am and uh it's really great so I'm gonna go ahead and play that for you guys now and um (laughs) let me know what you think and then uh, we'll catch you guys on the other end and we'll uh close up shop yeah and I want to thank you all for listening and I'm I want to be I want to thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode and I hope you enjoyed it because it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun doing it. I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. So here we are. So I hope you enjoy.
Yeah. All right. So, man, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. How's uh, how's life treating you? Um, I mean, I couldn't be happier right now. Yeah. Working at Ken's Five, and uh, you know, I'm, I've been with my girlfriend almost two years yeah. as well, and. I don't know, like, as far as pop culture, like, summer movies, yeah. the, the way the sports world is, is working out right now, it just feels like, you know, world of hobby is going well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is, man. It sounds like it is. So are you, uh, you ever going to ask her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll, that'll happen. Nice. I mean, I've, I, I, in private, I've told a lot of people, like, it's going to happen when and where it's going to happen. Nice. But so I, you already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already have a date and everything? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know when it's going to happen. I know the exact circumstances, who's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I've, I've actually had it planned, like, you know, people, if anybody listens to this podcast, like I've probably told you, mm-hmm. but she's really the only person that doesn't know. Wow. <laughs> man. So, yeah. So this is like, it's like a, sounds like a K Jewelers commercial, man, <laughs> right? almost the way you have it planned. Well, actually, she's, she's anti diamonds. Wow. Like, she, she's, she's one of those people um, where she understood, like, there are things about the diamond industry, and she, she she's with this, like, <laughs> like a lot of things where she kind of takes, deep dives into um into institutions that we feel are just inherently part of life and right just kind of takes a closer look at it and is actually like actually that that doesn't know that that's not the way it should be yeah yeah like how she's the one that kind of introduced me to the idea that well diamonds giving somebody a diamond to in order to get married is is basically a very successful ad campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, that kind of thing. So I've got, but I have something special Good. planned as well, a result. Of I mean, that, that kind of works out for you, though. You don't have to spend too much money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, she's not really a materialistic person either. Like when yeah. we spend money on things, it's to, it's to have fun. Like sure. we, like we love going to Vegas. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. We've we've got trips planned. We're going to New York later this year. Nice. Uh, so you know the experiences are 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 the big part of it for her, and yeah. I think that's why we match so well. Like because I feel like I yeah one of my favorite things about my life in sure. particular is that I've had plenty of plenty of stories to tell. I've, definitely I've gathered plenty of stories. Yeah, you definitely do have plenty of of stories to tell and cranky pants over here. <laughs> so. uh what was I going to say? So so then, is it, is it going to happen this year? Okay. I don't want to give away too all right, much. All right, no spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers. Okay. So uh, the, the, if you don't recognize this guy's voice, this is the guy, the voice of the world of Roe. He's here. And so, man, um, so tell me, what's what's it like working for Ken's Five? And I know you've worked in media for a long time, uh-huh. and it's always been your goal. Yeah. So what's it like, man? What's it been like for you so it's, far? It's fun like it's one of the it's one of my favorite newsrooms i feel like i've ever worked in yeah because the market's really big uh, yeah. i you know i grew up in the rio grande valley not really a big market right, at right, all right. um I, I i interned in austin when yeah. i went to ut right uh, you know i went there for college and i interned there but i didn't really you know you're yeah. there a couple times a week um not very long yeah. during the day so you don't really get a yeah 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 so interning in Austin, Austin, what was that like? Um, it was a lot of fun. Like, and I feel like they did a, the, the guys that I interned with mm-hmm. at, at at now the Fox Edge in Austin or whatever they call yeah. themselves. The guys, all most all of them are still there, and they were just did a really good job of being very hands on and teaching me what it was going to be like once I actually got in the business and graduated. It ended up being. Uh, incredibly valuable yeah. but like i said before like i wasn't really part of the newsroom team like when you're when you're in a newsroom like that's that's your family yeah you know for the most part because you are everybody is working toward the same goal putting on the same shows and it can just be i don't know it's just really it's just really fun when you when you're really into it and everybody does a good job and sure you guys put on good shows and everybody works together yeah and it's just it's just mm-hmm. fun and yeah so, yeah so being the web producer i i really i watch everybody's shows i watch everybody's stories i put them online i'm in charge of promoting them uh our facebook page twitter accounts i've really taken the instagram page under my wing too have at you Ken's five nice yeah we started off with 
we had less than 8,000 followers, and in a few months that I've been working on it, we've gotten close to 14,000. Wow, man. So, I wasn't aware that they had an Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really about building the brand, too, mm-hmm. and being in such a big market and yeah. having so much success and so many eyes. Like, we have nearly 400,000 people that like our Facebook page. So, wow. So when insane. I write my own pieces and do my own stories, yeah. like sometimes you can just really feel like how much of an impact it has and it's a really good feeling yeah definitely so do you do you get to see like how many hits your article gets and yeah stuff? because yeah because i'm on the digital team i can see how many people are reading it clicking on it sharing it wow uh, that kind of thing uh a couple of the most the most popular article i've ever written mm-hmm. happened during uh the huge winter storm that hit the east coast okay. last year yeah, yeah, i yeah. think around november december yeah and the the old guard the people the the group of guys that guards the um that guards the tomb of the unknown soldier yeah they shared some pictures on twitter and facebook mm-hmm. and i was just like oh that's a cool story like mm-hmm. i can just kind of share what they're doing like you know i contacted them and i sure. was and they let me use some of their pictures and everything and the cool thing about working at kens 5 is not only do you have access to what we're doing here like everybody else in the ownership group which is tegna mm-hmm. can see what you're writing and wow. see what's trending you sure so that story started trending in san antonio like hundreds of thousands of people clicking yeah. on the story and seeing right, right, the story so we have it set up to where if a story gets that popular other markets can see how popular that story is sure. and so they'll grab it and share it on their own site wow so i started seeing I started getting emails of my story mm-hmm. being popular in Washington D.C., in New York, in wow. big cities in Florida, California, like every Tegna Dude, station. Dude, that is awesome! It went viral. Uh, I can only imagine how many millions of people um, read that piece. Yeah, and that just kind of that was a feeling I think unlike any that I had had working in Odessa. As mm-hmm. much fun as I had in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in my previous markets when I worked in Odessa and El Paso. Um, that was an amazing feeling. Wow! And uh, the other, the other thing I'm proud of was, um, I think you you might have seen this. Um, mm-hmm. Some guys from the True Hoop podcast on on ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, they had some disparaging remarks for, or one guy in particular had some had some disparaging remarks for Kawhi Leonard and Tim Duncan. Uh-huh. And so it was very prominently featured on their uh, on the Spurs page uh, for ESPN.com. Wow! I'm usually I I like to check out what other people are saying about um, about the San Antonio Spurs on different media sites. Sure. And so I was just like, wow! I I completely disagree with everything that yeah. this guy is saying. Right. And so I went and sort of did a deep dive piece mm-hmm. with some analytics comparing the way Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard have played to other players using advanced statistics to show that this guy is completely wrong. Right, right. It's, you know, obviously in a town full of Spurs fans, uh, <laughs> it it was very popular. So popular that the guy tweeted at me. Yeah, uh, I remember and, now. And said, like, uh, really good piece, man. You know your stuff, which was which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. So did, did – well, at least he gave you credit, man. So does it – I mean that that's awesome dude. I mean so much success with that and you you went to school at UT and you worked in El Paso, right? As well. Right. Well, I I ended up in El Paso, uh-huh. but right after UT, uh I went to Odessa. Wow. What was Odessa like? It was And you it's okay. I mean, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I I love my time there yeah. and uh I still know some people out yeah, there yeah. and I've been back once or twice since I left. Um and I absolutely loved it because you know, they they sort of recruited me. You know, I sent I sent out my I sent out my resume reels like on VHS tape. That's how wow. long ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how long ago that was. <laughs> um, and uh, and I heard back from them. They flew me out for an interview, and the first place they took me to was Ratliff Stadium. Nice, you know, that's cool. The home of Friday Night Lights. Yeah, and they showed me a couple of other places, but you know, taking me there. Um, and 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 getting to stay in Texas like was a was a really was a really uh, was really cool for me. Sure. So I spent two years there, two football seasons, and like I was a I was a celebrity. Were you? Like, th- there was no other way of saying <laughs> it. And I remember I, I remember uh, I started there in like February. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right after Texas had won the national championship. Okay, so this is like 2006. 2006. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, the football season comes around and. 
our website, the CBS7.com website, was hosting a was hosting a contest that we would show the results of on the air um, on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically like an NFL pick'em kind of thing. Sure. And they said, "It's like okay, well, you know, I remember having this meeting." So the number one person after the tiebreaker, their picks will show up on the air mm-hmm. uh, with their record for the year for the week and their record for the year, and then uh, we'll have the celebrity picks show up as well. And I was just like, "Celebrity picks? <laughs> who, who are the celebrities?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, like Booby Miles, or who is it? Uh- <laughs> Javi, you're the celebrity. <laughs> oh, and- nice. Yeah, and it just ended up bearing itself out like that. People would buy me food, people would buy me drinks. And wow. I got asked to host a lot of things in town because you're on you're on TV and you're the guy giving highlights and scores for Friday night football. Yeah. And it's not like you can go anywhere else for that mm-hmm. uh, in West Texas. Yeah. I mean, that's like the pinnacle almost of mm-hmm. like the mecca if you will for high for high school football. Absolutely. It's it still is. Wow. Absolutely. So what Gary Gaines was still coaching there, right? I mean, he you- was the he was the athletic director. Uh-huh. They eventually named him the athletic director, I believe, um, at Ector County, mm-hmm. uh, which is where, which is the county with Odessa Permian and Odessa High. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I got to meet him a couple times. Wow, and, you know, praise from Caesar. He once told me that he really enjoyed watching me and that I did a good job, and I was just like, "Wow, Whoa. I can't believe that guy just said that." Yeah, to me. <laughs> like like Billy Bob Thornton played yeah. you, so you're kind of cool, right? Exactly. <laughs> Man, dude, so did uh so man, that's awesome, man. So I mean, did is it you I know when I when I first met you, you had talked about, I mean, you did the playmaker thing, but mm-hmm. you also talked about how you were trying to get in with ESPN and um I have a, a funny story, dude. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but in Alice, where I'm from, uh, the the high, the high school, well the the sports guy for cuz Ken's 5 is NBC affiliate, right? Ken's five is CBS. Excuse me, pardon me. Uh, so the, <laughs> it's all right. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the the uh, the new station, the the NBC affiliate down there. Uh, this guy, the guy was Art Mac, and I think he passed away. But he was really good. Everybody knew who Art Mac was. So kind of like I guess you know the Odessa yeah. thing for you. But I mean, again, it's Odessa. It's not Corpus Christi. But when it comes to football, so. There was another anchor there, and her name was Cara Capriano or Capriano or something like that. And in my senior year, we used to do this little fundraiser game where, like, the varsity basketball boys and girls, they would host this thing called the Shots for Shoes, and they would do a fundraiser. They'd donate shoes to kids who need, you know, shoes or whatever, and they'll invite, like, all these people, you know, you know, local people, and then they invited some people from like the news stations in Corpus because Alice doesn't have news stations. Right. So she shows up, and I'm like, Hey, uh, tell our Mac I said hi. You know, I'm being kind of stupid, right? And she just looks at me like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh. And then I'm like, but she, like, and I remember watching her on the news. I'm like, she's pretty good, actually, you know? And I'm like, she could be like ESPN stuff, the way she's doing her thing. And then, like, two years later, she's on ESPN News or ESPN2. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, I, I, I met her. <laughs> I met her. And so, like, she was on there for years, and I don't think she's on there anymore. But it's crazy that how, like, you know, you can. Like Hannah Storm, I had no idea, but she worked in Corpus on, at C101 uh-huh. a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, and she worked in Houston before, and I was just like, damn. So, I mean, that that's pretty – that's awesome. And I know you go to these conferences and stuff, but what, uh-huh. where was – so my question is, where was the – how did all this, like, motivate you to do this? What inspired you to be – because I know your passion is to be an anchor, yes? Right, yeah. So what was I your – being on the air. Yeah. So what was your inspiration, man? Um – I got to say, like, I just, I really loved watching SportsCenter when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say that, you know, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann were, were my inspiration. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, that, that just wouldn't be true. Like, yeah. the guys that I really enjoyed were guys like, um, were guys like Chris Myers. The yeah. guys that, that felt like it wasn't just sports for them. It was yeah. also news. And it was the way that sports was treated in a serious way. Mm-hmm. That wasn't um, that wasn't sort of discriminated against when people talked about it. Like that's one of the things I could appreciate about that kind of presentation. A guy like Bob Lee, yeah, Bob Lee's really good. I yeah, like him. whom whom I've gotten I've gotten to meet and talk to. That's awesome. Uh, um, Jeremy Shap is another f- favorite of mine. It's those guys that that really that really inspired me and have and have meant a lot to me in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I was a kid, that's that's who I would watch. And I remember I I, I wrote for the I wrote for the high school newspaper when I was a kid. Yeah, and I was lucky. Nobody else wanted to do sports. I got to do sports. I got to write what I wanted. Uh, but I was also lucky in that down in McAllen there was a there was a student TV station called KMAC mm-hmm. KMAC, and. I remember one day my junior year just calling them up. It's just like they broadcast high school football games. They they taped them and then they would broadcast them on sort of like a local cable access channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I called and I wanted to be a part of it. And they're just like, well, only people who are in the class can be a part of it. So the very next year I joined it and I was doing play-by-play, color commentary. I was also doubling as a, as a radio uh, update guy for the local radio station That's that awesome. would have, have the high school uh, sports updates and i remember being among that group yeah. and just thinking it was the coolest thing ever there was a meeting at mr gaddy's pizza and <laughs> they passed out cell phones and they let people know what they wanted was, this is so amazing i was the youngest person there by like 30 years wow <laughs> and, Damn. and i was just having the time of my life um i get up to ut and and i just wanted to write i, I just wanted to make sure that i was writing because i know i needed to find my voice sure in print and be able to write and tell good stories before yeah. I could do on the air, be on the air. So I started working for the Daily Texan, started off with a Big 12 football beat, mm-hmm. and eventually mm-hmm. got my way to the point where I could sort of be a columnist and not necessarily write a beat because yeah. being a beat reporter just wasn't just wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I transitioned to working for the student TV station where I started contributing to panel shows. Eventually, I became a producer and hosted a show called Crossfire, which is which is a debate show. And again, like doing play by play, color commentary, doing stories, and you know that was way more fun and and did a lot more for my experience than any really any class I yeah, took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when you graduate from college and you and you want to. And you and you want to put yourself out there, yeah. and you're sending resume reels. Nobody cares like what your GPA is. Like everybody, if you have a, something, if you have a good paper resume, they're just like, okay, where's your reel? Let, let's see you on camera. Let's see yeah. what you can do. So that was a big concentration for me, uh, and that's how I justify my GPA, which I've long forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I started working in Odessa, and. Uh, the moment I started getting better and I started figuring it out because you got to put your reps in, you know, I yeah. made, I made a lot of mistakes. Like yeah. I, I did not sound the way I sound now on the air. Like I barely even recognize my, your voice. my writing and my yeah. presentation, my wow. voice. Yeah. Definitely being part of the air, uh, back then. But when I started kind of figuring it out, ironically was when a reality show started shooting us. <laughs> oh really? Uh, yeah. I was on a reality TV show. Were you uh, really? Yeah. It's called making news, Texas style. It aired can you, on. Can you find that anywhere? It's. I think there are still like a few clips online. I know I have like entire episodes saved on, <laughs> on uh, on some old tapes that I would need a converter for, um, that kind of thing. So I haven't really watched it, but it's kind of an interesting part of my history because like they just followed me around with a camera, and so like basically for about six seven months, I have my experience documented by. By a reality TV show crew. That's pretty cool. And one of the main things that I was followed for was not just being a sports guy. We launched a 30-minute sports show yeah. uh, a year into me working in Odessa called The Wire. Wow. Uh, the Week in Review. And one of the things that we did was, I mean, again, like we had, we, we just made a lot of mistakes early on. The first time we, we were supposed to go on the air, we just went to black because the show wasn't ready. Wow. And, and... You know, we eventually figured out we won an AP award, the Texas AP award. Hey, that's awesome too. Yeah, year. that was really cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's just a lot of hard learning experiences that I've that I've been through to get to this point. Yeah. yeah. So if you were doing something like if you were talking on air and you were gonna botch it, would you you know like if you were gonna screw up or something, would you like say like something like expletive to say let's redo the take because. <laughs> no, uh, and I and I learned that I learned not to do that before I ever got on the air. Yeah. Because when I was working, when I was in college in Austin, yeah. is when that happened to Robert Flores. Oh, okay, okay. That happened to Robert Flores at KI. He he 
he was a, he was an evening anchor, but they ran a segment of his the following morning. Yeah, and you know, there's no pressure or anything like that. You, you they just kind of roll, and you say, okay, let me let me try this three, two, one. Oh, I screwed up. Like, and he, yeah, 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 and he cursed or flipped off the camera or something like that, and they ran the wrong take. Oh no! In the morning, wasn't his fault. Uh, Although, you know, I guess you could maybe say that he should have known. Yeah, like, that's true, And too. from that point on, like, it was just kind of ingrained in me, like, always act like you're live and you're wired for sound. That makes sense. And uh, the only reason why I ask, because I know I was, like, I read Jericho's book, and I think one of his books, he's like, we were doing promo promo work, and if you were going to mess up on a promo, you could, you could like, say an F-bomb, or he's like, well, shit, or something, and it would automatically, oh, great, that means I can redo it again. So I was like, <laughs> so he's like, I'm in, the, I'm in the middle of my promo, and it, I knew I'm screwing up, so I said, like, an F-bomb, and it pretty much just said, all right, let's do it again. So I was just like, I was just curious how that worked, because I've never been in front of a camera before. The, the stakes are much higher. Oh, definitely, yeah, I'm sure, because yeah. it's news rather than uh-huh. promos. I mean, it's a different thing. Yeah. They know, yeah, that's, yeah, man, that's crazy. So, and uh, you've... Uh, so you, you said you wrote for the Texan and you did you worked for the Playmaker, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so timeline wise, after college you went to Odessa, which by the way I did see some of those videos. I think like your farewell video, yeah, where you yeah. like went to the like to that sports bar and you were having like your yeah we did a were we you did, eating fried mushrooms or were those mozzarella sticks? They or? were mozzarella sticks. Yeah. But they looked like Twinkies. Like yeah, they, they were they huge. Were, they were huge. That's what that sport. A year into a year into working in Odessa, a sports bar opened. Oh, and here's the other thing about yeah. working. At that station in Odessa. It was in a mall. No way. Our TV station was in a mall. There was a long glass wall right next to the TV studios and right next to the newsroom. Yeah. And people could just kind of come by and wave and watch us. And that was part of the experience. And a year in, a sports bar opened in the mall. Yeah. So so after the shows, we would just kind of walk and we would go through the kitchen like we were really cool VIPs yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'd have a table waiting for That's us. That's awesome. Like, yeah. So that was a big part of it. And so because that place opened and because The Wire was basically it was basically four people putting mm-hmm. on a 30 minute show yeah. every week, mm-hmm. if they were going to put that kind of pressure on us every week, we decided that we were going to be creative as possible and just do whatever we wanted and yeah. have fun because Lord knows, like it was just, I remember my, my producer Gary mm-hmm. would, you know, we'd just say to each other, we'd be dead tired having drinks after the show aired and we would just say to each other like hey gary guess what we get to start all over again tomorrow <laughs> like just start from scratch yeah and and so uh we did a so for my farewell i would i thought it would be really cool if we did a spoof of the sopranos and the way that series ended yeah. with my last show nice it was like so you got back. don't stop believing playing in the background yeah. people stop saying hi like my my eyes kind of going up like tony Soprano. and i don't think it's aged well necessarily because yeah. i feel like people don't remember the sopranos as well uh anymore but yeah it was a lot of fun we just we just had fun with it that is awesome dude um so then after that, you from Odessa to El Paso? To El Paso, yeah. And how long were you in El Paso? I was in El Paso for two years. Did you like living there? Two years. It's a better place to live than it is to visit. I loved living in El Paso. Really? Like it was relatively cheap to live there. Um, it was more scenic than most people thought. Yeah. The, I, I lived on the west side, so I would drive up to Las Cruces all the time, mm-hmm. which is a college town, yeah. kind of a hip town. And stuff would happen there, too. Like People would, you know, concerts and things like that. It sure. was, it's an underrated place. Yeah. Your short drive from Ruidoso, too, in New Mexico. Nice. Um, with, some, uh, with some casinos and everything like that and skiing. So, yeah, cool. yeah, it was it was it was more fun than than people think. Yeah, well, we you know we went up there uh, last October actually because one of our friends they got married and the bride was from El Paso, so my wife was in the wedding, so we had to drive. And ironically, the the morning we because we drove from here, right? And it's like an eight hour drive. Yeah, it's a long it, trek. Yeah, so we leave and it's like pouring rain from here to to like. Kerrville. Uh-huh. So then by the time we get to Kerrville, it's not raining, but when we went over there, we we're just like, wow, this is I've never been, but it's it's beautiful yeah, because yeah. it's all mountains and yeah. stuff. You don't see that down here. I, I lived up on a mountain and from my apartment, I could see I could see uh I could see Mexico. Like wow. I could see mountains on on the other side of the border. 
chick stag, chick stag it. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a Bay Blair. <laughs> it I really was. Just, was. <laughs> I was watching Wayne's World. He's like, this place is the ultimate Bay Blair. Look at this. How to pick up chicks. How to this guy smooth. No, anyway, but that's cool, man. Hell yeah, dude. So then. You were in El Paso for two years, and I saw some of the new, some of the stuff you did there, man. I mean, bro, kudos to you, man, for doing that stuff because we all, you know, I used to play when I was a kid. I used to play my NBA live, and I used to think I could do play by play when I would do uh-huh. it, and just to kind because of, you get into the game, <laughs> yeah, right? But, yeah, but you get, but you're doing that, and you have like a, and I think one time I asked you about it, and you were telling me like you have your earpiece in, and you're trying to do this, but then they're telling you, hey, you got to get, we're gonna move to this real, this that. I mean, what was that like? That's what I can appreciate about guys doing their job. Guys like Carl Ravitch mm-hmm. um, on doing baseball tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a highlight-filled show that with so many analysis and so many guests and interviews and like just trying to keep it together for for an entire fast-paced shows like that. Uh, and you know what? To be honest, even a guy like Michael Cole, like Michael Cole gets a oh of, yeah gets a lot of crap on WWE, but. But his job is really, really tough because yeah. he, everything goes through him. He's got he's got directors, producers, and Vince yeah. in his ear throughout the show. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Um, however, however you think a good a job Michael Cole is doing, like it's tough. Yeah. That is a tough job to make. Yeah. To make look so smooth and so easy. You know, you were talking. You bringing up Michael Cole. I was listening to a long time ago. Miz was on Colt Cabana's podcast. And he was talking about how he did announcing for or uh-huh. commentating for a little bit. And he was like, yeah, on SmackDown. I yeah. remember that. that was a few years ago. Yeah. And he was like, and he's like, Michael Cole, he like praised Michael Cole and saying he was amazing. He's like, this guy is calling the match. He's looking at the screen and they're in his ear and he's tweeting at the same time. He's doing like, <laughs> like I was like, how the hell is he doing all this? He's like, and here I am. I'm like, I, I'm just doing this on the side and I, I'm thinking I'm terrible and I'm, I'm trying to help him call the match. And he, and he asked my, he goes, after the match, I asked Michael each match. I asked him like, how am I doing? He's like, you're doing fine. You're doing a lot better than a lot of people. He was like, but look, he's like, it takes years to get to the level that I think I'm at. And even then I still need to get better. And yet Byron Saxon still has a job. <laughs> on nxt right whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, i've been dude i haven't been keeping up with the product but i am going to start watching because the brand split's happening and yeah. everything dude it's going to be really awesome yeah and uh i've i've went through my wrestling renaissance basically starting a few years ago mm-hmm. where i missed the attitude era yeah i stopped watching before the attitude era started yeah uh and then I was just listening to podcasts and watching ESPN and a lot of people that I respected and was a fan of, like, we're talking about WWE every week, particularly Robert Flotas and Michelle Beadle. And so I'm just like, maybe this is time to to get back in it. And, you know, I jumped right back in and uh, I've got some really good friends that I made out of it. Our friend Jordan, uh, who lives in San Francisco now, we we basically bonded over that. Been to a couple of shows together. And I went to WrestleMania this year. How was was that, by the way? Which was... It it exceeded my expectations for for being the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, to I couldn't. I'm at a loss for words. Like, yeah. I, it, it was just so amazing. We got there when the doors opened, and we were entertained for the next seven hours with an ama- by an amazing show. And you went to Fan Access too, right? Yeah, I did. I did WWE Access as well. Wow, man, that's met Zack Ryder's dad. Wow! Yeah, Zack Ryder's dad came up and said hi to me because I was wearing a Zack Ryder shirt. One and of the few guys. You're a big Zack Ryder guy. A big Mark for Zack Ryder. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a Zack Ryder Mark. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And it was so funny because earlier in the earlier in the week, we'd shared a cab with some guys who were staying at our hotel. Stephanie went with me, mm-hmm. and they were asking me who my favorite wrestler was, mm-hmm. and I said Zack Ryder. And I was just getting the weirdest reactions from people, as if like, "What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. he's never on TV. Like, yeah. he's lucky to be here," kind of thing. And I was actually sitting near those guys uh, during the show. Yeah, Zack Ryder wins the ladder match to yeah. win the Intercontinental Championship. I remember that. I lose my mind. And like I, you know, I just remember pointing at them and just telling them, "See, I told you." And as much as Zack Ryder was talking about, like it was a big moment hearing his music for the first time at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like I had to, I had to have Stephanie shoot that his introduction when he was coming out on my camera phone because I just could, I, I just, I wanted to take it in as much as he was, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but that was an amazing show, and uh, even Steph, I've got Stephanie into it now. Nice, which is amazing. That's really nice. She man. loves Total Divas, which is which is my. 
favorite guilty pleasure. Do you know what, dude? <laughs> I Val Val watches that, and one time, I think like last season, she would watch it like every Tuesday. Right? Uh, Is it every Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm watching it with her, and I'm just like, wow. You know, and she's like, hey, does this, is that real? Is that, like, she'll ask me, like, if certain parts are real or if it's fake. I'm like, some of that stuff is probably scripted, but yeah, yeah. the vast majority of it could be it's real. It's hard to tell what is, Right, though. right. It, it's really hard to tell what is, but I still enjoy it. It's, oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Speaking of, I know you have a Netflix account. Have you seen The Resurrection of Jake the Snake? I haven't. Dude, you need to watch it. It is so good. I really enjoy I'm surprised. Uh, I really enjoy WWE network? Uh, network programming. Yeah. Um, I actually recently watched the Shawn Michaels uh, special, yeah, about basically him growing up here at yeah. Randolph. Yeah, like I, I really wasn't, you know, hear those stories from his perspective and what it was like when he was coming back, like and everything that he went through was yeah. was really cool. Yeah, I'm, but I'm a total, I'm a, I'm a Bismarck. That's what me and my friend <laughs> Brandon Troy Bismarck uh, call ourselves. We're biz, we're, we're marks for the business. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah, and we love it that way. Oh yeah, dude. D- totally. uh, one of the, one of the things. That, that kind of laid the groundwork for that too was uh, the last thing I ever did in El Paso I think I've told you this before yeah. the last thing I ever did in El Paso was put on an independent wrestling show no you didn't dude yeah. you never told me this yeah uh, I I had just finished working I was getting ready to move uh, back to San Antonio and a guy calls me up and he's just like hey like I'm putting on this independent wrestling show yeah um, and I need a and I need a producer to help yeah and and he called me up and 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 I helped him with it like I just helped him set it up with the music yeah. uh I, I I really wanted to be the announcer. Well, yeah, you got the voice, uh, right? but I couldn't. Uh, I actually ended up having so many other responsibilities that we couldn't trust other people on. Mm-hmm. That uh, we just ended up giving it to somebody else, which was fine. Yeah, yeah. But the cool thing was, I I, I drove around. Um, I drove around Billy Gunn for like a few days as he was doing media. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, in in the lead up to the in the lead up to the show. <laughs> nice. So and, you got to hang out with Monty Sap or Sop? <laughs> Monty Sop. Yeah, yeah, Monty Sop. Yeah, and. Billy Gunn uh, and it was ended up being really cool. Like we talked, we talked a little bit about uh, how I, I was a, I was a Billy Gunn fan when he was part of the Smoking Guns. Like, oh you know, yeah, like, dude, I that, forget. That, yeah. I go really back with him. Like and him uh, and JBL, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then the day of the show comes, and you know, it was Booker T against Carlito for the. It was the main event of that show. What year was this? This is 2008. Oh yeah, because Booker was out of WWE yeah, he was, at the he was time out of the show. Yeah. yeah uh, um, and he ended up putting a really good match. I, I ended up being like, I thought it was okay because it was an independent show. But the only thing that me and the guy who put it on kind of disagreed on was every face won, like every good, guy, <laughs> yeah, every yeah, good yeah. guy won the match. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, if if this is going to be a one time thing, then that's okay. But right. from what I get from talking to you. And if if you want to set up storylines or bring some of these people back or put on other smaller shows later, because he put it on at Cohen Stadium. Wow, like, this was not a small time thing. Like well, we well, sold, how, we how, sold like ten thousand. There were like ten thousand people there. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, but it ended up. Be, I think it ended up just being a one time thing, so it was fine. But Damn. yeah, Chavo Guerrero Senior was there. Mm-hmm. I I put up. I put together uh, an Eddie Eddie Guerrero highlight package. Wow. Um, to, to celebrate Eddie, and. Yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun, dude. That is awesome, being, dude. Being being an intimate part of putting on a wrestling show together, man. That that's really cool, dude. I mean, so you almost like a promoter, almost, man. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, and and more you, behind the scenes. And you, and you know, what, you know what I do like that you do now because you're working for Ken's Five, and you you basically have like you do whatever. Like I'm, is it like carte blanche almost? Like you make your own articles. Seems to be like a little the, bit, a lot of WWE stuff. I've and seen. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had. Uh, I, I wrote a little bit. I wrote a little bit of WWE in the lead up to WrestleMania. Yeah. The 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 Monday Night Raw that happened in San Antonio in the lead up to the Royal Rumble yeah. ended up being a huge one. A Ro- uh, Vince McMahon was a referee, was a mm-hmm. special guest referee during a Roman Reigns championship match. And at the end of it, Roman Reigns finds out, or Vince McMahon declares that Roman Reigns is going to defend the title in the Royal Rumble. So the winner of the Royal Rumble is going to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Right. And so that ended up being like a very historic thing that happened here yeah. in San Antonio, which is pretty cool. And we had a we had a photo gallery that we had access to that we put up that was really popular. And then I got to write about China um, yeah. uh, when she died because I felt like it was kind of a... Like the, obviously the WWE had to handle it very differently than everybody else could, right? Uh, right. But she, you know, she doesn't 
she um it's one of those things that happened where she had to die in order to get her due from the company and from other people yeah that's unfortunate but, too but she was a transformative figure oh definitely and the one of the things that i wrote about that i just going back and watching some of the stuff that i noticed was uh because there's a there's a way that certain characters play out that we see uh that is very familiar in wwe in terms of storytelling the way that um, especially the way that valets are, you know, the right, way right, the girls right. will be with guys when they're walking to the ring and the mm-hmm. characters that they portray. Right, right, right. There's a little bit of personality that the wrestlers can put into it, but essentially they're all pretty much doing the same thing. Right, right. And China flipped the script yeah, on she that. Did. Yeah, I remember. I went back and watched a lot of her matches, and especially the way that she acted around Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, that feud like, was hilarious. That was. I mean, the, the way that they were together, it's just like. She was playing the part that the guy typically plays, and he was the doting, yeah. bumbling, like... He was, like, in love with her, like, yeah, infatuated yeah. with her, right? E- yeah. Exactly. And so to, to to watch that, and it was it was just amazing what she was able to do in the ring and as a storyteller. Yeah, and, and you have her paired with Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, who could... I mean, the guy had... I mean, he was a great worker, but he, like... He was always like emotionally connected to like each character in in a storyline that yeah, he, he was did. A great, he was a great actor. Yeah. He, he found ways to connect with the audience and tell right. great stories, which yeah. is what I love wrestling for. Right, right. You know, every it's 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 a male soap opera. Right, basically. right. That's that's my favorite part. And and you try to tell people that, and I think like in in Cabana's podcast, he tells like he was on Marin's show a while back, and he was telling him he's like we're basically we're actors, we're we're telling a story and we're entertaining you, and we get people to like buy into the character. I mean, a lot of people don't get that; they see it as oh, it's fake, it's everything, you know. But I mean, yes, part, the wrestling's predetermined, but falling isn't fake. No, you know the storyline, the way they're doing things, it's not fake. I mean, it takes skill to do what they're doing. So, I mean, I I love it. I mean, I just I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I would like. I am excited about the brand split because I have been uh-huh. reading some dirt sheets about how some people might be coming back, and I think it's good for the for them to split the brands up because you get to expose more talent, gives people like from NXT the opportunity to come out. And that's do a, things. that's that's the part that I'm excited about. Yeah. Uh, is the guys from NXT. Because I mean, if if you're having a draft, if 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 they're gonna have it the way it is, and they want to make it legitimate, yeah, then yeah. Finn Balor has to be has to be a top five pick for yeah. for one of the, you know, for in the draft or a top ten pick, if right, right, like one of your top five picks as a as a as either SmackDown or Raw, right. So that excites me as well as the divas getting getting more play, right, right. I feel like the 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 roster is really deep, but we just don't see it on right on TV. The fact that Sasha Banks isn't on TV right now just that blows crazy. my mind. Well, dude, there's so many good people on NXT, like you know Finn Balor, Joe, uh, Sami Zayn. I mean, well, no, Sami Zayn's on the main yeah, roster, Sami right? Zayn's yeah, yeah. On the main roster, I mean, yeah. dude, but if you put these guys on there to work with him or AJ, I mean, and they're they're all really entertaining. Yeah, like, that's one of the things that. Stephanie actually ended up enjoying most about the WWE fan access at WrestleMania. Was NXT was the NXT uh, was the NXT matches and the promos and everything like that. Yeah. Also the interviews, like it was pretty cool. They brought out like yeah. the Miz and Kane and lots of other people to sort of build up what was happening at WrestleMania. But nice that ended up being like really entertaining. And I yeah. remember w- the the funniest part too was we were getting ready to go on. Sunday, because we went a Sunday morning. I think was the last one that we went to. It might have been Saturday night, the last one Saturday. Yeah. And so we decide to leave because it's toward the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things are about to close up. I think they're just having one match. So we get yeah. up and we leave, and all of a sudden the music hits and they announce that Shinsuke Nakamura wow. is there. Yeah. And you could feel the wind of people running by us as we were leaving <laughs> to run to the ring and get a look at that guy wow because every you know he's just so beloved and there's another guy that that should be you know if this is a, if they want to play it up for for reality and they want to play it up for you know this is a guy i want on this for long term and nxt mm-hmm. people are available to draft right in the brand split then you know, guys like Finn Balor and Shinsuke have to be have to be moved up. Yeah. So what what's your thought on this? Because for years, dude, I mean, I started. I didn't watch rest. I watched wrestling during the Attitude Era. I stopped in '99. I got back into it in 2006, and the match that got me into it was Vince and Shawn at WrestleMania 22. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna start watching it again. This is so entertaining. Uh-huh. But at the time, 
TNA was kind of coming up and you had people like AJ, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, I mean, Finn Balor wasn't in TNA, but all these guys were like Ring of Honor guys uh-huh. and they never wanted to touch them because one, they didn't have the look, they didn't have that. Or Kevin Owens is another one and CM Punk was just brought into to OVW and then they just brought him up when they launched ECW. So they were like now that he's gone, it seems like they're like, okay, well, we should probably bring these guys in because they are good workers and people do like them. I mean, what do, what are your thoughts on that? Because they're not traditional WWE look guys. I think that's... I feel like one of the big mistakes that's happening right now yeah. and is that it shouldn't matter what the look is. Right. If they can connect with the audience. Right. That's, that's really all that matters. And... You just you really have there's there's no way of sort of figuring it out mm-hmm. like th- that's kind of and that's another thing that I think that the company can sometimes be bad about is mm-hmm. the the only way a guy's gonna you're gonna really know with the guy is if you give him a shot right and you know you can try and take someone in one direction and it ends up working in a completely other right. direction like with like with what's happening with Roman Reigns and and uh and the New Day are two yeah. really big examples of that. Yeah. Roman Reigns is the biggest heel in the company but they keep trying to sell him as a good guy. I really don't understand that because yeah. he has so much heat and people yeah people love hating on him so much. <laughs> oh, dude, eventually yeah. that can be, be that that can be an absolute good thing because if you're eliciting a reaction um, for reasons other than you're a bad wrestler right. and we don't want to see you, which is absolutely not the case with Roman Reigns, um, then that should become part of the story. And that's one of my that's one of the things that I that I can that that's something that the WWE is getting better at mm-hmm. is listening realizing, to the fans yeah, more. is listening to the fans that happened with Daniel Bryan and that happened with the New Day. Yeah, you know, the New Day comes out, they try and sell them as these really weird generic good guys and the audience hates it right so they turn him heel yeah but they end up being so good at it and working the crowd so much that 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 they, that they turn the crowd yeah i remember watching an episode of raw with with my girlfriend and she's just like are they cheering the new day <laughs> like are they talking along with them yeah. oh my goodness the new day is over with the crowd now yeah and so that that to me is the part that the WWE shouldn't be afraid of taking risks. Sure. It and you see, you know, they brought up AJ Styles. Right. They put him right on the main roster. That was a big risk. To yeah. Take. Heck yeah, that and was. And it absolutely worked out. Oh, I remember back in like 2006 when Batista was like the main guy on SmackDown and they asked him what he thought of AJ Styles because AJ Styles I think at the time was like the X Division champ or him and him and Samoa Joe were putting on some uh-huh. amazing shows at TNA and he's like I don't know any. I don't know anything about him. All I know is, is that I mean, he's like a he's like a spot monkey, is what he called him. Uh-huh. And I was just like, wow, that's kind of messed up. But this guy can work. I remember we went to a TNA house show back in 2007, and him and Kurt Angle had a match, and it was an awesome match. So it's just like you bring in AJ Styles, he's gonna make people like John Cena look really good. Even though Cena Cena works hard when when he needs to. He plays up the thing I tell everybody about Cena is he plays up or down to his competition. Right. If you put him with somebody that that can make him look really good, yeah. then Cena is going to reciprocate. Have, right. That's why CM Punk and John Cena was I mean was, to me the best feud that CM Punk ever had. Yeah. Um but yeah, absolutely. And I think that I can honestly I can appreciate when WWE guys say that about certain independent wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um like when Batista says that, sometimes they have a point. Right. There are guys out there that really like and that's that's so much a part of what independent shows do. Right, right, right. Is like, oh well, wrestlers are here to see us wrestler wrestle. We don't really have you know, several weeks to build up a storyline right, right, to this right. match. So right. we're just going to put on as many amazing spots as we can. Right, that's Something true. can get lost in that. You right. lose the storytelling aspect, part of it. And that's, going back, that's one of the things that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were so good at, mm-hmm. even in the independent scene. It Tell wasn't so much about putting on a great match because of the spots it right. was putting on great matches because of the storytelling that would happen in the ring right and they were both amazing workers mm-hmm. to top off so speaking of cm punk do you do you think he's gonna finally have that ufc match i wish he was at ufc 200 yeah because that would just build it up to being even bigger um 
Especially like having CM Punk and Brock Lesnar on the same card yeah, would have been pretty amazing. That is uh, crazy. I'm dude. looking forward to him. Um, there are a lot. There are a lot of CM, I guess former or former WWE CM Punk fans that are just loving to rag on him right. because of the injuries he's had and yeah. he hasn't fought yet. When we thought that he was gonna, he would have fought in at least one match right. by now. But I, I'm. I'm absolutely a mark for CM Punk. So like, am I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he can take as much time as he wants. <laughs> I'm just happy that he's healthy and happy and is doing what he wants. And as soon as as soon as he fights in a, on a card, like that is that will be my first UFC buy. Yeah. Likewise, I think I think I'm going to do the same thing. I think mm-hmm. you know we should probably like watch that together yeah. or something. Yeah, I think that would be, be kind of cool. Yeah. It'd be fun if he and like. Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey were on the same card too. Yeah, like that that would that would be a nice build up for that for yeah. that rematch too. Yeah, I dude, um, April Fools, what was it? April Fools last year. It was like after was it after or before the WrestleMania? It, okay, it had to have been after the WrestleMania where um, Ronda Rousey was in the or no, it was it was a pay per view after WrestleMania. I'm sorry. You're good, you're good. Yeah, man. So I think. Um, uh, you know, independent wrestling. I like watching independent wrestling shows when they're in town. I mean, I haven't been to one here yet, though. Although there are a couple of indie promotions that are here, right? I think like Shawn Michaels' promotion is still active or I he think sold so. it. We actually hear one from – there's one that was in town um, right after – and I, I'm forgetting the name, but I – I was really close to having Tatanka come into studio for nice. a Facebook Live after he appeared at WrestleMania, which was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but he ended up coming in late, and so I couldn't interview him. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's going to be in town in for July. For Global Force? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, and yeah, so me and Stephanie have been interested in checking him out because it's fun to watch young guys. Yeah. Uh, young guys come up. Yeah, dude. You'll, 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 you'll go to minor league baseball minor yeah. league hockey go to minor yeah, league gotta go to minor league wrestling yeah <laughs> that's that's always a thing man i i would i know ring of honor comes here like they make a tour here like once a year mm-hmm. and i think the briscoe brothers will show up on that card and i think del rio was on one of the cards a long like a few years back before he went back to wwe that'll the, the brand split would be really good for him so um your articles, everything. I mean, dude, it, it sounds like you have a lot of fun doing what you do, man. It is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. The day goes by. Every day just goes by so quickly. There's always something to do. Yeah. And um, I have to. There are times when I have to because I have a lot of responsibilities outside of outside of just doing my own stuff. Sure. So there are times when I have to like really work hard to make time to write what I want. I wrote a really um, maybe one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. Um, I wrote a couple days ago about a family in town. That was great, Di- dude. I love Di- that one. Die Cleveland fans. Um, as you know, as Game Seven was approaching, right, right, and just the deep dive into how you know how jaded they were as yeah. fans, but at the same time a little bit hopeful. Yeah, um, going into Game Seven and then Cleveland actually winning, right, was uh, was pretty amazing. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever cried. Uh, over a team that wasn't my own winning a championship right but like you you were just so happy for them for the suffering to end for cleveland fans was really special yeah that that was that was awesome man i enjoyed the game um but that was i enjoyed that article that was really good man draft day draft day is a good movie man (laughs) anytime it's on tv i'll watch it i'll watch it i i like on demanded it for like the longest time i mean that was my favorite thing about like i knew that was the hook right 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 when i saw it um and you can see it. It's up on kents5.com mm-hmm. in the sports section. Uh, they have a framed two-sided draft day poster that hangs in their theater room. <laughs> that is that is so Cleveland. Like There are people that saw that movie, like that movie, but only Cleveland people could be passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Major League. Uh, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, that's one of First my favorites. second one are good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but draft day is really good. But I love that article. The You know what article I was going to ask you about was – you did an article where you uh, talked to Boris Diaw. Yeah, yeah, I got to interview Boris Diaw. At uh, he he was having a book signing at Barnes and Noble, but I didn't know this about him. He goes on safari every year yeah. in Africa, and he's taken teammates with him before. And he he's really um, he's really passionate about taking pictures of the animals, yeah, not, not shooting or anything like that. But um, and he has a book that that's published by National Ge- in conjunction with National Geographic. Which is legit. Like one of the things yeah. we talked about was like, yeah. you know, like uh, just how big a company they've become. Like on social media, they have 
what's widely regarded as the best uh, the best Instagram feed that you could yeah. possibly follow with the amazing pictures that they publish. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was part of that. And getting to talk to him about the season um, and about that passion of his was, was really fun. So do you think he's going to be here next season? He's still an invaluable, to me, an invaluable part of the team. The things yeah. that he can do uh, physically on the court I mean, forget about, you know, his age, like the, his, the mismatches that he creates, his uh, the just how w- wide a shot range he has. Um, I feel like I feel like he's a guy worth bringing back. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I love Boris, man. I, I but if they him. create enough room to end up like signing a huge free agent, like again, like this is going to be an NBA offseason unlike yeah. one that we've ever seen before. Right. That's and, true. Yeah. Wow. Well, man, well, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I hope um, I hope we have a, a good make some good moves and we have a good team next year. I think we will. I think yeah. the Spurs are in really good position. Yeah. Um, I think that there has to be a lot of introspection among the coaching staff about the way that that Oklahoma City series went, but the pieces are there. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Lamarcus Aldridge working with those two guys, um, and you know. With, with the solid supporting cast that they still have, whether Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili are a part of that or not, yeah, I think the Spurs are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the future, no I matter agree. what. So, do you think LeBron stays? You said he's going to stay. In Cleveland. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he. I think he stays in Cleveland yeah. after winning that title. Like, <laughs> you got to come back for the victory tour and maybe maybe win a second time in yeah. a row. They just beat a team that that won seventy three regular season games and dominated so much of the way. Everybody thought they were unbeatable. So what were so maybe you, so they come back and win another one? Do you think that the like this losing in the finals that the whole seventy three win thing is kind of like well, absolutely they're a footnote they're be, a footnote piece of trivia in NBA <laughs> history and there, I love it I there's love no, it there's no soft uh, uh, th- I mean there's no soft way of saying no it. Like, no they're you know the seventy two Bulls like excuse me the the seventy two win Bulls team they won a title they were dominant like the, the whole way they closed it out yeah. The Golden State Warriors, like there are other te- and there's another article that I've written for Ken's Five about yeah. about like ten teams, like the you know the the 2001 Seattle Mariners won 116 games or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. But they didn't win the World Series. Like that, mm-hmm. again, like the further that we get from this season, will just go to show how diminished that season will become for them. I agree. I, you know, I, and I was looking back on it because they were showing, uh, they were showing one of the Bulls, uh, Sonics, uh, finals games. And I know that they, at one point, the Bulls were up 3 0 in that series and Seattle won two, forced a game six, and then they closed it out. Right. But other than those two games, they only lost one other playoff game. Mm-hmm. So they won like 87 of 100 games was a statistic I remembered. It was like 87% of the games they won. So that's crazy. Anyway, man, um, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I, I it was awesome. Yeah, it's fun being here. Let's yeah, do this again sometime. We are gonna have to do this again. This is the, you, the this is the voice, uh, the <laughs> intro voice. I love it, dude. It, I remember when you text me. I just want to share this real quick. When you text me what you were gonna say, I was like, oh, but I'm not six four two twenty five. You're like, it doesn't matter. We're adding <laughs> effect to it, bro. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. And you like you set a picture of like the exit to Alice, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> I appreciate it, man, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with everything with Ken's Five, man. You're doing. It sounds like you're doing great over there. Are you, so are you trying to like you know work your way into be a like an anchor on that on that? Well, station? I definitely want to start do, try doing a little more on air stuff. But I'm really having fun with the special projects. Yeah, we're doing. dude, you, you you're doing really uh, good. We've man. got we're having a this week. Uh, we have a thing that I set up where we tried to do the fastest hole in the world. Yeah, I set up set up a little friendly competition among the golfers at at Ken's Five that'll <laughs> go up this week, and we got a, a couple other fun things on the horizon that nice. I want to do, and you'll see them, dude. Very cool, man. Keep posting those links, man, and um, what everything, man. I I enjoy them, man. Good good stuff, man. Congratulations, thanks, everything, thanks man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, man. Of course. And uh, you're gonna tell me, right? Oh yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Take care, dude. All right, folks. So there you have it. Javi, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great talking with you. I always enjoy chatting with you. We always talk wrestling and sports and other things. And um, I look forward to you uh, coming back on and us talking about um, whatever. Hopefully it's more about your career. I think your career is going to do really well. He puts together some great content, guys. Um, check him out on 
on Twitter at Ken's Five Hobby. Uh, great guy, like I said, uh, known him for a while. Uh, he's he's written for he written, he's written for Playmaker magazine. Now he's running for our, our local news station here in San Antonio. Great, awesome dude. Anyway, that was the uh, the, the bonus episode this week. Uh, you guys know the drill as as we come to the end of the podcast. Um, as always, Twitter, Instagram, and Vine at Roel Santos Jr. Go to Facebook.com slash World of Road. You can check out the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, comment, share it, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I greatly appreciate that. And actually, I got it wrong. His Twitter handle is at Javi Pettis Ken's 5. That's right. Javi Pettis Ken's 5. So uh, check it out. You know, whatever. I mean, all that stuff. Uh, tune in on Friday. Got a great guest coming on Friday. So this is it's going to be a short little window here, so I hope you listen to the previous episode, and I hope you enjoy this one. And uh, you've been listening to The World of Row. I'm Row, and you're not. And stay tuned as The World of Row turns. Catch you guys on Friday. Have a good night.